Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And if everyone's been paying attention, you don't have to put up with just Mike and I this week. <laughs> we actually have Matt from uh, Sober Friends Podcast. So another another podcast friend of ours that's on. So Matt, uh, introduce yourself. Let's start off with that part at least and uh, we'll get rolling. Yeah, my name's Matt J. I've been sober since March 21st, 2014. Tough to remember sometimes. There's <laughs> uh, a little questioning in your voice there. You all right. I can never remember the I can never remember the year. I get to that point and I just never can remember it. Yeah, I used to drink. Yeah. I used to drink <laughs> beer. I drank wine. I drank scotch. That's what I did. I act like an asshole. And I couldn't do it anymore. Nice. And now I'm sober. So I guess that's the end of the episode. Right. Everybody. Hey, Bye. Thanks. thanks. Thanks for coming. Time for you to fuck off. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, Matt, had, uh, you, God, when did you reach out to us? A couple months ago, I think. Um, I think. I guess it's been a while now. It has been because it had been so long that I told Mike last weekend when when you and I were messaging back and forth uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, shoot me your email just so I have it." And I completely forgot <laughs> that that's how we got in touch. You had emailed me. I had your email already, you know. And I'm just like, God damn, I forgot that. So yeah, no worries. Yeah, but um, yeah, we want to. There's a lot of stuff that I think we can talk about, and one of the ways that I, and I know I messaged you about it, Mike, and I talked about it. We're all on the same page. Um, basically, uh, we we want to talk about sobriety, but uh, obviously, we want to hear a little bit about your story. The cool part is, is that anyone listening, everyone that's listened to us before, if they haven't, they know where to find our our stories. Plus, we've talked about them for 65 episodes. People can hear your story and your podcast. You've talked about it for how many episodes, you guys? Hundred and some, at least, right? Hundred and twenty something. I think it's. I think I've got a couple that are in the queue right now. So we're. At, I've recorded one hundred and thirty, but one hundred and twenty-seven have been released. Okay. So yeah, so, I've been at this a little bit. 
Cool. <laughs> so you've you've talked about your story once or twice on your podcast. In like my more than a few times. <laughs> it, you know, my my point with that and Mike's point with that, and I'm sure yours is one of the cool things about us having other podcasters on, or but when we've been on other podcasts, is some of that just that cross mix, right? You know, hopefully some of the people who listen to us will now listen to you and vice versa. Exactly. And, you know, we're all in this together, and I know that's your we'll talk about it, but I, I've listened to a lot of your episodes, uh, not 120 of them, but <laughs> I've listened to quite a few. So how I, dare you? I know. Should've I know. The whole back catalog. <laughs> well, you'll love this. I've listened to about three quarters of one episode. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me. I give about one. I listened to I listened to the latest episode, and what I loved about it is like the first ten minutes was about me, and that is what every sober podcast should be. It should be about me, right? All of them, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, um, one of the one of the things that I know we had talked about just doing a you know a brief background on on your story, and Mike always kind of kind of keys that up best. So, Mike, tell them what our mindset is on telling telling our stories. Absolutely, man. We want to know who you are. We want a little qualification, but uh, we know how to get fucked up. We know how to ruin our lives and the lives yeah. of everyone around us. So, you know, we want to get to the solution, but we do want to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely. tell you the the worst. Early on, I was at a work dinner and there was booze everywhere and it was early on and I'm just like going into the bathroom saying the serenity prayer <laughs> every five minutes or so and I realized I'm going to plan to go to a meeting and I wasn't feeling great I had a head cold and I found the speaker meeting nearby and there were two speakers and they got up and each one of them did 29 minutes and each ended with and then I got sober and there was roaring applause and I walked out <laughs> of there dejected right. just hated that I don't I don't want to hear, I want to hear a little bit there, but mm. I don't know if there's any differentiation when it comes to how we drank because everybody could find a way to be more fucked up in their drinking. Right. It's a different thing to have really good sobriety and have done something that you've learned from. Mm -hmm. So my, my parents all had drinking issues. My father was an alcoholic. He drank uh, big one of those big bottles of Gallo every night. My stepfather <laughs> drank poorly, so my father was physically abusive. My stepfather emotionally abusive. So I, I came from this family that drank, like everybody around there. And I swore I was not going to be like my dad, and I wasn't going to become an alcoholic. And when I started drinking, I could get to a certain line. I had these parameters that if I only drank so much, so many times, I would never be an alcoholic. Right. I could stay before that line. Here's the deal. If you have a mindset, you're already over the line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. If you set because up a plan to begin with, right? <laughs> yeah, the normies don't think that way. Nope. They don't think in terms of, well, I don't want to become an alcoholic, so I better moderate my drinking <laughs> and see what I can do. Right. So my story isn't one of being in the gutter. My story is a one of being a mental mess of having no self-confidence, but especially when alcohol was around, the hamster wheel in my head was spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Should I have one? Should I have a second one? Well, how much is too much? Is everybody watching me? I have enough to drink. There is this internal dialogue that was going that was just absolutely exhausting, mm -hmm. and it was drinking at home, drinking alone, hiding it from people, trying to figure out, can I go out to dinner and just have a beer or two? And always wondering, why was 
I, I got sober, I think, around the time where you go to a restaurant and they started having the 22-ounce beers. That, and that was a far better value. And they'd come with this <laughs> enormous glass of something. And it just, as I'm drinking it, I had this fear that it's going away. Little by little, as I drink it, the line's going down, 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 and I'll be out from the time I drank it. Like the happiest I was was before I drank mm -hmm. because the glass was still full. And even the 22-ouncer wasn't enough. Right. And so that's the story there. I'm really high-leveling and racing through this. Mm. I tried to stop drinking a bunch of times. So I knew enough that I didn't like the drinking. Something was wrong there. I needed to stop. I got on my own nine, 10 months in 2001, 2002, and I broke up with a girl and I just, I hit it hard and never really stopped. That was the anomaly. I could get through a few weeks at times, three months, 10 months was a long period of time and it just became harder and harder to stop. I would go, I would be fine not drinking, but if I brought a six pack home with me, I would have to drink every single night and I couldn't understand why do I get into these patterns where it, when I have booze with me or I've been drinking, I can't not drink right. because I cannot drink if I'm not drinking. But once booze is in me, what is it that fires me up to want to keep drinking? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand it because I wasn't an alcoholic. Sure. So <laughs> I finally got And I was taking like these online tests for alcoholism and I would try everything to pass these things and I'd still fail it. And in my mindset, it was doctors are ridiculous nowadays. Mm. Like you can't drink at all. Like a sip of alcohol is bad for you now. Sure. And these, it's just, it's ridiculous. Not realizing that the fact that I was taking the test means I had some type of problem. <laughs> so I was watching a show. My wife used to watch this show called Switch to Birth on ABC Family. And I'm sitting there watching it. And the one of the stars was in recovery. And she's given a glass of wine. And you can see on her face that she doesn't, she realizes what she's about to do is not too smart. And as soon as the booze passes her lips, her whole expression changes. And that was a moment I realized I got a problem. I'm an alcoholic. And the alcohol is the least of my problems. If I really want to get rid of this, everything in my life has to change. And right. I remember that moment I was on fire because it, I never wanted alcohol more than I did at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that was a long period of time of a few weeks where like every moment I just felt like my whole body was on fire and I needed booze right now. And for some reason, I didn't. I stuck with it this time. I had a therapist who, I was terrified to tell my therapist that I thought I had a problem because I would get one or two answers that were unacceptable. One, yeah, I think you do have a problem. <laughs> and that would be embarrassing. Or he would say, no, I don't think you are. And then I would be embarrassed that I thought this way. Instead, right. he told me, why don't you go to a meeting? <laughs> And it never occurred to me to go to a meeting because a meeting is where these old guys who are drunks and trench coats sit in a, on folding chairs in an mm -hmm. unfinished basement where <laughs> life has ended. A sad, sad, horrible place. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And it turned out that's not what it is at all. Right. Like one of the first meetings I went to, everybody was having a good time. They were laughing. And I didn't know if I was in the right place or not. Right. Because <laughs> it was like everybody, it was very loud. There were a lot of people there. There was a lot of energy in the room. And I figured this can't be the AA meeting because how could people be like this if they've given up drinking? They should be mourning. Mm-hmm. And that's the thought I had. And in recovery, it's not about mourning. Now, everybody has a different path to recovery. Mm-hmm. And with the internet, I think it's fantastic that there are other ways to do this. I think the commonality is you got to have I the last episode I listened to you, you're talking about a friend who passed away and your friend was doing it herself. Right. And that really connected with me. No matter what you do, make sure you got a crew that you're doing it with because you cannot do this yourself. I mean, maybe you can Mm. and you can white knuckle this yourself, but you're going to be a miserable prick. Yep. If you really want to be, to me, sobriety is I'm happy. Yeah. I can do this without alcohol. I have other tools to do this without alcohol so that I can be happy. I can't do that alone. I need somebody else to, to be with me to do this. Well, you know what? What's funny with that too is that um, I mean, Mike and I just happened <laughs> to be together. Um, and seriously, it's a, we we joke about this in plenty of episodes. But you know, whether it's the universe or specifically just people kept putting us in the same place, doing the same things, and this and that, we became friends. And you know, I mean, it, it's corny, but you know, the rest is history. And we've been you know really good friends for a long fucking time now. But um, one of the things we used to talk about it in group, um, and we were also we were just talking. We saw. Um, Last weekend when I was in Cleveland, we saw Marty who ran the uh, sober living facility and he was talking about, you know, all the guys and different changes and things like that. But we got on that conversation even last weekend, right, Mike, with, uh, you know, yeah. having somebody to talk to, somebody to turn to. I mean, it's uh, if you don't, I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you know, I've said it plenty of times, you know, yes, I'm a loner. I'm an isolator. I was always, you know, I live by myself. Uh, my girlfriend isn't always the happiest about that, but you know, we've been together <laughs> almost eight years, so something's mm-hmm. working, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I like to be by myself. I, I, I work by myself for the most part. Um, Me I live too. by myself, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just the way I like it, but, um, yeah, to get sober, no, I had to, I had to, you know, lose that, whatever, that comfort zone or whatever it is, um, and and let other people in. I had to, you know, to be accountable because because left to my own devices, I can rationalize and justify anything, and I will, you know. So I need people to bounce this shit off of because I will, you know, I I'll convince myself it's okay to drink again. And Mike, I had to go through withdrawal from COVID. I had to mourn the end of COVID because the fact that we really couldn't go out and you couldn't do things and you couldn't go to the movies, Uh this enabled me to stay in my house all the time. And so when it was like, I go to the store without a mask on and I felt like I'm doing something wrong. I don't want to be here. This is, this is bad. And I realized I've got to mourn the fact that, I have to re-enter and I have to have a process of re-entering the world because I would rather stay at home. I oh, work yeah. from home now. Mm-hmm. I worked in an office where I had people reporting to me. Now I have people reporting to me from Baltimore up to New Hampshire. 
So I pretend to be talking to people looking at a screen all day. Right. And <laughs> it's nice just to come down here and nobody's around and I can be super effective. But I got to be sure that I go out and do stuff with people because that's mm -hmm. not my default setting either. And it's right. not the best thing. It's not healthy. No, no it's not. It's not. Right? And again, like I said, that comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I, you know, I, I fucking love the lockdown. It was great. You know, I mean, I, I'm an essential worker. I'm a truck driver. So I had I worked every day, but the roads were empty and it was just <laughs> it was beautiful, man. I fucking loved it. It was your world. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I went to the store once a week and that was it. Otherwise, I stayed home. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn to re-enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are sick motherfuckers, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the so Matt, the, the first meeting you went to, um, just tell everyone uh, how you prepared yourself, what your, what your, <laughs> what your dress code was. I heard that. And then yeah. you walked into the wrong meeting also. I, I want you to tell both of those both of those stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The first one I went to was a beginner's meeting because I'm a preparer. I need to be prepared of what I'm walking into. And I went online and I looked through and there's open meetings, there's closed meetings. Certain people can go to open meetings, certain people go to closed meetings. And I figured a beginner's meeting was perfect because I figured they'd have a table up front. You'd sign in, mm -hmm. you know, you'd get registered or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they, you, you pay your dues or something like that. Right. And you get immersed into the program. Something you're going to teach you how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I, nice, nice polo shirt, slacks, dress shoes. <laughs> And I drove to this church in a crappy end of East Hartford. And I went downstairs all by myself and I was terrified. And I was way overdressed. I mean, I might as well, if I'm wearing that in comparison, I might as well have been wearing a tuxedo in comparison right. to what the rest of these people are doing. <laughs> it, it's the meeting's a beginner's meeting because it's tucked away where all the sober houses are in East Hartford. So it's mm -hmm. easy for the people at the sober houses to just walk over to this meeting and people are in there shaking and baking. It was, it was a, it was sensory overload for me because of how freaky the people were. I mean, at the time this was like, what am I doing here? Because it, it was a more urban setting. It was people fresh out of detox. One guy just muttering to himself that he always relapses. I relapse, I relapse, I relapse, I relapse. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm not like these people. I, I was, but I didn't think it at the time. Right. And I had enough in me to raise my hand and say, you know, I'm new here and I'm terrified. And they pulled me aside. They gave me my big book. It's still the big book. Day one big book is the, is the big book I still have. I and I'll do my best to hold on to it because it's seen better days. But they were nice <laughs> to me. Unlike most places where you're new, they were nice. They pulled me aside, come upstairs. We're going to introduce you to people. And people were interested in me. And I'd, I've never gone to an experience like that where they were just nice. I'm like, what? what is it about me that these people are all gathering around me? Well, you find out later, this is what you do to the new guy. Right. <laughs> right. The second meeting, which for many years was my home group, was the one I was talking about where everybody's jovial. And it's in the backside of this pretty big church that has a full gymnasium and stuff. So I walked in the wrong entrance and I'm like walking through the court 
And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. At the time, I'm, I'm like going to this meeting thinking I'm in the car. I'm like, is it good enough that I just drove to the meeting and I can drive home? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I got to go in here. I got to get a set of balls and go into here. So I'm like walking through the gym and I hear some rustling and some stuff going on. And I just jump in the room and it's a Boy Scout meeting. Nice. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just looking and I just walked out without saying a thing. Because what do you say? Right. You walk into a Boy Scout room and say, hey, where's the AA meeting? Right. Like, how's that going to go? What are the drunks and the junkies, boys? Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're going to they're going to call the police on me. Right. Like this pedo just walked in looking for for drunks. <laughs> yeah, it's just so that... I eventually found my way in, into the AA meeting, and that I think that was the one that really made me think I'm in the right place. Because for the I'd say for the first six months, I questioned really where I had a problem because I was comparing myself to the people in there. I mean, the guy I sat next to had been there 30 something years. I mean, his story is he stopped drinking because he literally was bleeding from his ass, bleeding from his mouth, bleeding from his ears mm -hmm. and ended up in a coma and ended up blind and like deaf for a while from his drinking. And if I look at that, I'm like, okay, so I don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't right, do all right. those things. <laughs> and then I started to think that, well, I don't belong here because I haven't earned a chair. Because my story isn't like theirs. They're looking down at me like, you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. But some old timer was up there. He'd been there 40 years. And he said he drank like me. Mm -hmm. He said, I didn't drink every night. I could stop at two beers, but I was miserable. Right. And that's all I had to hear. I'm like, finally, somebody like me. And I enjoyed going to that meeting and I enjoyed the meetings I went to. And whether I felt I was questioning whether I had a problem or not, what I couldn't question was I felt comfortable and safe at those meetings. Right. If, if I didn't have a problem, why was I comfortable and safe there? Right. Yeah, exactly. Why, why am I right? Why do I feel like I fit in for the <laughs> yeah. first time? <laughs> that I actually fit in. That, right. that was the one place I wasn't as socially awkward. Mm -hmm. Like I felt comfortable talking to the people in that room. Mm -hmm. Once I left, I was a basket case again. Sure. But in there, so what's the worst that is happening to me if I'm not drinking, even if I think I don't have a problem, but I'm comfortable in those meetings? Where is that a bad thing? So let's say I don't have a problem but I find comfort in going to a meeting. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? Right. Yeah. Right. For the longest time I, I questioned that, but I finally got to that point of like, well, I'm comfortable there. So maybe I'll just keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is that, uh, um, you know, feeling like you belong and stuff like that are my, my uncle. And I don't think we were more than like 30 days sober. We were over at their house and he's asking some stuff and he had been over to the Keating center where we were and stuff like that. And, you know, he had asked me, um, he said, man, he goes, it must be really hard, you know, kind of opening up to, you know, all those people, all the strangers that you don't know. And I said, you know what? I said, it's surprisingly, it's not. And I was never one to like open up to people. But right. I said, first of all, it's, it's not, which, you know, kind of was a revelation when he asked the question. But I said, it's harder talking to you guys, meaning my family in this room um, yep. than, it, than it is to them. Because, you know, like, like when you just said, the guy's bleeding out of his asshole, his ears, and yeah. what else out of his mouth? Did you hear Mike in the background? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't that be happening? We, right. were at, we were at a meeting one time, and this guy was leading, and 
he's like, yeah, he's one of he's telling one of his stories, and he's like, yeah, I was driving home home one night. He goes, I I missed a corner, and I ended up driving my car somebody's house, and ended up in this guy's living room. And then he keeps going, and then he stops, and he said, because everyone's just kind of shaking their head, and he's like, did everyone hear what I just said? And then everyone's like, well, wait a second, did we miss something? And he goes, I drove my car into somebody's house and it ended up in the living room, you know? And he said, there's no other place in the world than, than an AA meeting that you can tell a story like that. And everyone's like, well, of course you did. <laughs> what, a, where else would you be? That's not even the worst story. <laughs> I know. That's minor. It, I know, but that's, that's the thing. It's just, it becomes like everyone you talk to either has your story, knows your story, or at a minimum can be like, oh, wow, you know, can relate to it. And that's the, that's a beautiful part that I found, you know, I mean, right away when we first walked in, the Keating Center was like that. I mean, Mike, Mike felt more welcomed, right? When you first walked in than I did, but. Well, yeah, it wasn't my first rodeo, you know, yeah, and yeah, I, true. I'd been around, you know, I, if you've listened, Bill, <laughs> Bill's one of those weirdos that never did drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> like none ever right, Didn't, right. never smoked a joint um you know I, i've been in you know shooting galleries and you know whatever so i yes i've been in some really bad places worse than worse than him but not you know but inside my head i've been in the exact same place bill's been so it does matter you know but yes when i got to the keating center i was probably a little more comfortable because i had been around these <laughs> type of people before yeah, it's, and I, I mention it all the time, but if anyone wants to hear those two stories, because they, they make me laugh, but it's some good information. It, it is, it's it's our episode. It's our fourth episode. Um, the audio sucks. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> um, get through it. But um, we mm -hmm. have we have some fun. We it, In my opinion, first of all, it's, it's our fourth most popular episode. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's got some great information, but we tell about that, that when the day that he got taken there and the day that I got taken there, because both of us got taken there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really matters why you got taken there, whether right. you do drugs or not. Mm -hmm. I couldn't smoke weed to save my life. It made it was the most unpleasant experience for me every single time I smoked marijuana. Now, pain pills, on the other hand, mm -hmm. those were the most <laughs> wonderful things ever. Right. And, and the reason I didn't get hooked is I was scared. Every time I took them, I was scared how much I liked them. Mm. And I realized if I get hooked on this, this is going to be a real problem. It's going to be expensive. Right. So I need to just stick with booze, mm -hmm. which is much more controllable. Oh, yeah. Regardless <laughs> of how you get, how you get fucked up. Right. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's a delivery method, whether it's alcohol or it's heroin. Right. Your mindset's exactly. no different. Well, I mean, the big book says alcohol is just a symptom, which means crack right. is just a symptom. Heroin is just a symptom. It's all just a symptom of our selfishness and self-centeredness. Yeah. 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 So right. you, um, from those meetings and, and they were obviously AA meetings. That's one of the things that I, that I told Mike when, um, I think, I don't remember if you even detailed all that when you first emailed us, but in listening to Obviously, the, even the first couple of episodes, you know, I caught on that uh, all three of you guys, you know, are, are AA based, which is kind of cool because yes. the, the thing of it is, is that when we first started um, on, on Instagram, if you, if you pay attention to like my posts on Instagram, I keep those more, more vague on purpose because I know we have a wider audience on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I'm not afraid to post or talk about, you know, 12 steps or anything like that. I just don't make it our main focus. But when, when we started getting on here and started talking about it, it turned out, I mean, shit, Mike, what I think in your episode, you talked 
a lot about it because neither one of us really, really talked about which way we were going to go with it. And then we're like, mm-hmm. fuck it. We don't care. We're just going to talk right. about it, you know? And well, I know it's our story. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's right. how, how we got sober was through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? And like our, our buddy, uh, you know, talking about symptoms, you know, our buddy Wes, um, hardcore junkie, you know, and he got sober in AA. And he used to always say, you know, look, man, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. No, I didn't drink all that much. I shot a ton of heroin. And, but, you know, only an alcoholic thinks it's normal to shoot a ton of heroin. So, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's wise to be vague at times and just be who you are. I, I don't, somebody had mentioned, I had a guest on, recently he said i don't understand why you had me you asked me to be on because you're a 12-step podcast and i'm not a 12-stepper and i'm like Mm. i don't know if i'd say i'm a 12-step podcast i'm saying that's my tradition but Mm. if you have a different way i want to know about it because i'm i'm just i'm i'm genuinely curious and there are people who are now getting sober in a bunch of different ways patreon groups or instagram or there are all these groups that are kind of like AA light or not called AA, but it's, it's a, it's an off brand AA, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of the same stuff that they're doing steps and don't know they're doing it. And they're with people in groups. Mm -hmm. And Bill has talked about in the book that he, it says right in the book, there's lots of different, there's other ways. We don't have the monopoly there. Mm -hmm. And Bill probably, if, if the fellowship wouldn't have rebelled, would have probably made it alterations to the book. Like mm-hmm. he didn't think we were set in stone here. It's like, this is what we've come up to this point. Right. Somewhere along the line, somebody poured concrete over everything and set it in mm-hmm. stone. Right. Well, and yeah, yeah and there's, it, there's lots of paths. Uh, the, yeah. the path is wide, right? <laughs> but, you know, but it is the path, you know, like, right. like you said, you know, they're support group and, 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 you know, cleaning up your mess and, and all that shit. Yeah. That's, you know, you put it in different words and whatever, but it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like religion, you know, I hate to equate the two cause I really hate to equate the two, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, basic, every religion is, is basically the same, you know, you, you get together, you, you realize you're not the be all end all. There's something bigger than you. You need to be a part of it and do its work. Same, same shit. It's all the same. You're basically doing the steps every, I I don't know what your religion of birth was. Mine is Catholic. Mm. You are basically doing the 12 steps in a Catholic mass because Mm -hmm. you have to go through those 12 steps to go up and get the communion, which is the grand finale of the mass. Mm -hmm. But to go through it, you've got to talk about your defects and you've got to ask for forgiveness and do amends Mm -hmm. as you go along the path to getting that communion in a sense. And the whole purpose of religion that people miss is you need a path to salvation. Right. If you're Catholic, it's confession and getting the the host and going to church and doing this and that. But it's religion to me is just a tool to help you get to salvation. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing with AA. It is a tool to get you to a place where you can live life on life's terms without the need to drink. Right. And I think like religion, you can take it too far where AA is the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you miss the point of why am I here? What am I working on? Right. right. Yeah. To make yourself a better person. 
right bottom line yeah right don't be the asshole that you were yesterday be a slightly better version <laughs> asshole today <laughs> and, and mike and mike and i always talk about it. i mean we 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 talk about the big book we talk about things in the big book mike has a couple of favorite passages we'll we'll talk about mm -hmm. we do readings all those different things but you know we we refer to ourselves as not being, you know, big, big book thumpers. You know, we're not ones that are going right. to, you know, route and, you know, have everything in the book and follow it by this. We follow the things in the book, but we do it based on the way that we've learned and lived by other people, right. not necessarily going, well, on chapter six and page whatever. <laughs> um, I know where some of the stuff is, and so does Mike, you know, but mm. um, the same deal. I mean, the our sponsor told us, it didn't, uh, Bob is the one that told him we didn't get, get sober to sit in church basements. Wasn't right. It? right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's, it was to the point when, when we first got sober and we had something to do and we had this string of meetings that we were hit. And I remember talking to my sponsor about one thing and I'm like, uh, but I'm going to miss this to go here. And he's like, you know, he reminded me of that. He's like, that's okay. Do this because you could do that. You know, um, we missed uh, going to Founders Day last year. Founders Day is next weekend. We're going again. But I had the privilege <laughs> of babysitting for my grandson, you know? So I, I got sober to do shit like that. I, you know, I don't yes. give up shit like that just to go do stuff that I can do another time, you know? Um, but I mean, it, it balance, right, Mike? That's what we try to try to figure out. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's yeah. prescriptive. It's mm -hmm. prescriptive to where you are at that moment, I had somebody who lit me up early on because I wasn't doing a 90 and 90. Now, mm. granted, I probably got pretty close. I was right. probably doing four or five meetings. I ramped up early on. I was doing one a week. Then I'd find another and do two a week and then three a week. And, and I was ramped up to about four to five meetings per week. I also had a newborn at home, a one-year-old, a kindergartner, and a wife. And then a wife wasn't too pleased that I was going to all these meetings and wanted to know, okay, when does this end? When do you like graduate? Right. And that was a multi-year conversation. And somebody's yelling at me, you're not doing a 90 and 90. No, I'm not. And, and I told mm. him flat out, I'm not going to. He's like, well, you're going to drink again. Just watch. You're going to drink. And I talked to my sponsor and my grand sponsor, and they were both like, you're not doing anything wrong. Right. When you have questions, you ask the things you're missing meetings for are valuable. Don't listen to him. Right. And yeah. I've I've stayed away from people like that who are rigid of program for the purpose of the program. I went to one meeting and the guy was yelling at me about something that I'm like, this is bullshit. What you're what you're ripping me up about. Mm. And I stopped going to that meeting. I just went somewhere else. Right. I'm not the type of person who's just not going to do the program. It's okay. If this isn't working for me, I'm going to go to another place with people who are like-minded. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference between, well, I'm not going to do any work and I'm willing to do the work, but I have responsibilities that I have to take care of too. Like Bill, your, your grandchild, grandkids are only that age so long. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss mm -hmm. those opportunities. Well, he's, he's turned into like right. a, an adult in the last two months. I mean, the, I was there a few weeks ago and um, he's, fully walking now. And the last time I had saw him was a few weeks before that. And he wasn't completely mobile. That, mm -hmm. that dude, he, that little dude wore me the fuck out, man. But it happens but, fast, but in the best way, <laughs> you know, and, and the, to go up to, cause I'm in Indiana right now to go up to Appleton and back. And I've done it in a day before, not, not too often, but, um, 
the drive back and forth, it's X number of dollars in gas and X number of amount of time in the car for a relatively short amount of time there. And I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'll do it. Yeah. I would do it every weekend if I needed to, you know, because, and, you know, I mean, Mike's got, I mean, his granddaughter is now 15. Mike, yeah, she, I was about to say she just turned 15. Yes, it goes fast. <laughs> and she was, she was two. She was two when we had sober. Turned two, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 She turned two like a couple of weeks after I got in the Keating Center. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday she was two. Yep. Exactly. Now, now she's 15. <laughs> You know, my son wanted to go a year ago. He wanted to go to the gym and lift weights because he wanted to put on some muscle. And mm-hmm. I had been to the gym in the past and I can teach him how to do that. He's teaching me all about muscles now and the right exercises to do. Everything I could possibly teach him is obsolete. He knows more than me and he is pushing me more than I ever could. Like I think about that. I'm like, you were this baby when I was working out. And this baby is now teaching me better information about my workouts. Like, this is incredible. How did this happen? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you just stayed sober. Right. Yeah. And, and that's part that's of it. That's how it happened. Right. I look at these family things as part of my amends. Oh, absolutely. Every time I have a chance to go do something for the family, be it, you know, I leave work on, I work on Saturdays. So I leave for about an hour or two during soccer season, which is not that long and go and watch my kids play soccer. Then I come back to work. To me, that's an amends of, I have a chance to be present for an hour and watch these kids play and they know I'm there. Right. And I want to, I want to blaze a better path than I had growing up. Mm -hmm. That's why I did this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because, you know, I mean, I love the fact that people say that they worked the steps in past tense. That's just insane to me. You know, I mean, the way we were taught was we do four, five and eight to the best of our ability and we don't ever have to do those again. That's Mm -hmm. what the 10 steps for. But that means that all the rest of those steps, I've got to work on a daily basis every fucking day. And I do. I try to, you know, to the best of my ability. But yeah, <laughs> that night, that night step, man, that never ends. And that's a good no. thing. Yeah. I, I don't no, want try it not to, to My goal each day is try not to add to the list. Yep. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. Right. It's not easy. No, it's not. But again, that's what that 10 step is for. So you don't right. have to go back and add to that eighth step. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah uh, this is what it, this is what twelve step stuff is ruined for me, mm. is when I'm a dick, it's <laughs> ruined because I know what I have to do and it nags uh-huh. at me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Right. I understand. No, I have to say I'm sorry. You have to yeah. understand. I have to do this. God damn it! This shit's making me a better person. <laughs> yes. It was uh, <laughs> with the with the whole ten step thing, and uh, I mean, it's it started. I mean, well, all of these steps started really early in our recovery. You know, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands, paper towel, shoot at the can, pops off the rim and pops out. Before I got sober, I would have left it there, and I'm walking out. I'm like, fuck, no. man, I got to pick that up. You know, but there was uh, there's been a couple of times when in one in particular, and I told this story in early episodes, but I had a manager when I moved back to Wisconsin. So three and a half, maybe coming up on four years sober. And I had this review that should have happened long before then. I thought I was, I was kind of and I'm going to say, quote unquote, air quote, promised a raise that I didn't get and this and that. It was basically a, a reach around type of, you know, um, review that I got with here. Here's a little 
3% for you and it made me mad. <laughs> and I just, I told her that. I said, I don't agree with it, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't her fault. She had popped into this position. No. She's just reading this stuff off. But I said, uh, HR is the one that said this to me, and this is what it is. And I said, I'm going to go to HR. I'm going back to my back to the training room. I'm going to write this up. But I said, no, I don't accept this. I'm not signing it, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't even probably as, I don't know, even as excited as I am now when I said that to her. Mm -hmm. But I, I walked down all the way to the end of the, end of the office. I got back into, into my training room and I start typing some stuff and I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> so I could walked all the way back there, went and got a cup of coffee, knocked on the door. And I said, do you mind if I, you know, have a minute went in there and I apologize for the way that I acted. And she's like, you're upset. I understand what you were told. She said, you were disrespectful. You, you don't have to apologize. It's all good. And I walked out and I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> So I'm like, I didn't want to apologize because I didn't like her to begin with, <laughs> right. but I'm like, I, I did have to, because at least I didn't have that in the back of my head. You know, um, what if, uh, even if she didn't take it the wrong way, it's our side of the street. Got to keep that, keep our side of the street clean, you know? Yep. That's really the beauty there is you're not doing it for political purposes. You're doing it for things that maybe nobody else would know, or you know, never have to do, but you know, and that's enough. And just having enough of that mindset makes you attractive enough to other people that they might actually want to be around. Right. Right. Because I was I was repellent a lot of the times. And now I think about what can I do <laughs> for somebody else without getting something back. Right. And it took me a long time in sobriety to get that point. It's not like I flipped a switch and I stopped being a dick. I didn't. Like, right. for instance, somebody, somebody today... I have another podcaster friend who has a pretty successful podcast and some, some dude reached out and said, uh, I really liked your episode. I, I ripped it and I'm going to put it up behind a paywall on my sub stack. And so I'll, I'll basically accept this as consent if you don't get back to me. <laughs> and the first thing I thought is I can find this guy immediately. The first question I'm going to ask him is, hey, can you teach me how to rip off other people and make a profit off of it? <laughs> and the second thing I would have said was, you remind me of a piece of shit who didn't survive the flush. <laughs> and I would have done that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I won't. Right. He probably deserves it, but I won't. Because nothing good will come of that. <laughs> so I just told my friend in private, I, I was thinking to do this, but I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And maybe a few years ago, I would have. Right. Yeah, as as they say sometimes, thank God I have a have a couple of these days sober that stops me from from doing those sort of things. But uh, right. you know what? Actually, Mike, what do you think? Good time for us to take a quick break yeah. on the what did you say, Matt? The that the shit that didn't flush. Say that again. That's a great way to didn't survive the flush. Didn't survive the flush. I think that's a great that's a great way to to, to go into a break. <laughs> it's a floater. It's a, a floater. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for more gems. Just just like that, right after this word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober Not Mature. Hi and, there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi Mike, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well, but we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two. We wanted to, Two websites in one. <laughs> All right. So 
So everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com. Uh-huh. And we just launched the store website, so uh, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit of, about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you <laughs> and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts we also do have. <laughs> All the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least, big deal. Eh, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> trying to help, man. <laughs> I know you are. You're not helping, though. Okay, now i got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sober but not mature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone, welcome back. And your three floaters are back there with you, too. <laughs> just bobbing along. And the smell remains. <laughs> just, just bobbing along, floating along. So, um, and, and you started talking a little bit about the, the podcast, Matt. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember how you, um, if you started the podcast or if you and all, you know, you and the three people started or the other two guys started how did you get into it and and why i guess is the maybe the two questions i did a fan podcast before this of another show so i was doing a podcast that was totally unrelated to sobriety and i realized i didn't want to do that podcast anymore it felt me it made me feel icky it just i realized I'm like this is not a good thing for me to do and i had all the equipment and i always had in the back of my mind I'd love to do some type of recovery podcast. When I got sober, I listened to Recovered, which was like in 2014, was about the only podcast I could find on recovery. And I thought it was kind of like that still now. And I'm like, oh, I could get into this and I can I can do this well. And then I realized there's like, there's thousands of them out there now <laughs> for every stripe of recovery. And I just realized I... I wanted to do this and it's just mm-hmm. sort of evolved over time from that. I didn't start with co-hosts. I got them in just because it was hard to get a guest each week and just talk by myself early on. So I invited my friends to just come in and kind of hang out with me and we would talk through some stuff and they were excited to do it. It was a way that the three of us could hang out together mm-hmm. and it was like another meeting we had a night and that's just kind of how it happened. I can't say it was a great plan. It just <laughs> kind of happened and it has evolved over time. 
Does that sound familiar at all, Mike? A <laughs> uh, little bit, little bit. <laughs> it's it's nearly, with, with the exception of we did not do anything before this, but um, literally we sat outside here at my sister's house at Thanksgiving the year before we started it, and I was telling him all these podcasts, because I started listening to um, Recovery and Sober podcasts on my way home for work because it, uh, it, it got me out of my, my mind to get so pissed off about traffic, you know, so it, it just occupied me for that 30, 40 minutes. And I'm telling them all these different things. And that's when I started learning about, I had no idea what gray area drinking was sober curious. Yep. I'd never heard the term just alcohol free. I mean, I didn't hear all these things before, you know, like a year ahead. Alcohol use disorder. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. We, we made fun of that. <laughs> we made fun of that one too. But, um, uh-huh. but the, the thing of it is, and I'm like, literally we're like, I'm like, we could fucking do that, couldn't we? And he's like, he's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. So we just we looked sure, in, why not? we looked into it a little bit and hooked up headphones to our phones, started recording on anchor. That's why the early episodes sound like shit. It had no um not not a care in the world. You know, if people listen, it was a point of us getting together and shooting the shit. That's it. Yeah, that was that was the number one thing. And and I did once we get into it. I mean, I was doing a lot of reading, trying to figure out, you know, how to do some of these things, you know, so it started to interest me. And then then I'm like, yeah, I mean, I I, I cared a little bit more than you. Right, Mike, for about the first six months. Oh, yeah. Um, you still do. <laughs> yeah, I know I do. <laughs> um, but but then we started to get some feedback. And when we uh, after we did our like first six months of episodes, you know, we started getting some feedback and, you know, Normie's listening to us and um, just realizing that, hey, you know, it uh, and I've heard you guys talk about that, Matt, a couple of I mean, probably many times that the coolest part about doing this is that even if one part with all the all the fucking around that we do and all the dick jokes and whatever it is else we do talking about shit floaters and everything else. Yeah. Um, if one little bit of this helps, you know, one person every once in a while, then I mean, the fuck, what can you ask for? Right. That's when I'm when I'm pissed the most at the numbers or I feel like I'm not getting the traction I want because I let ego get in the way. That's when I get an email from somebody who said, you know, this has really helped. And they they cite specific things mm-hmm. that I don't remember even saying right. that this is what helped me. Like there's there's an email I got a few weeks ago from a janitor who works at night and my podcast is what this guy listens to as he's cleaning the school. <laughs> and to me, that's the greatest compliment that podcasting is such a personal thing that mm-hmm. if you're inviting, if, if, if somebody has invited me into your ears as you're doing work to help pass the time, to me, that's like you have really made a commitment there. And I'm just so honored and beside myself that somebody would. On the one hand, you know, you want to be a superstar. On the other hand, you hear that I rely on you and it's like, well, why? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, are you fucking nuts? Why are you, why are you yeah. listening to me for, man? I don't it's know. like, wow, that's really humbling. Yeah. I guess I made it, made it impact. Well, right. yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. And, uh, um, I mean, Mike had, he was just at a, a, a horror convention with his, with his girlfriend and, you know, you had, uh, what one guy was, was one of us, his wife was not, and, you know, just mm-hmm. out of the blue, they walked up to you and started, you know, talking about same thing at the Keating Center events. I mean, um, you've had people like that come up to you recently, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and Becky, who we were playing cards with last week, you know, she plays us for her group of oh, women shit, yeah. and they like us for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's 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 beautiful. So apparently we're doing something. We'll keep doing it. 
Well, and, and that's the thing too. So our, our audience and it's, it's shifted. I was just reading off the, I hadn't looked at our uh, demographic stats in a long time, but I looked at them a week or so ago and I was reading them off to Mike. It's like the last 30 to 45 days. Um, our numbers are evening out where we used to be like 70% men that listen to this and you know, that 30% women. And it was for the last like 30 days, it's been almost an even split, which blew my mind. Um, and that's very interesting. Our, our uh, Instagram following um, shit, 60% are women uh, age groups are <clears throat> probably between 25 to what I say, my 25 to 30, no 44 something like that. It's the, something like yeah, that. these two like younger age groups are, that's our Instagram followers with, but I post a lot of, I post a lot of crazy shit though. <laughs> it's yeah. Like pegging. Right. I mean, please explain that to me. <laughs> my God, well, that is, that is my greatest nightmare ever. Dude. I mean, if my <laughs> wife came in with a big old dildo, it would be like a cartoon where feats don't fail me now. It would be lifting me out as fast as possible. Like the Benny, it's the ending of the Benny Hill show. Right. Right. I'm running away from that thing. Well, and with, with Instagram, uh, with, with this thing, we just, we've said from the start, whatever's on our mind. And I like the other thing that we do, we, we made a rule to begin with. It wasn't even a rule. We just agreed. We're not going to edit shit. The only thing that I do when I say like the, that, that middle part where I put the, um, our website promo, I just need enough space so I can see where it is to cut that and place, mm -hmm. place that, um, that website promo in there. And the only other thing I do, I cut the silence off in the beginning and I cut the silence off right. at the end. I don't edit anything else. So everything that comes out, we get dogs barking, you know, shots fired, <laughs> fireworks, <laughs> fireworks going, whatever it is, it's, it's in there the entire time. Um, and we, we did that figuring we don't care. Whatever comes out of our mouths, if something weird happened, we could always take it out. But Instagram was a different story because I'm like, I don't know how far I can push, um, but I've I've had fun <laughs> trying to figure out where that line was and uh, or is and keep moving it a little bit. And the worst part about it is the people who follow us encourage the fuck out of me and I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it helps with your brand. It if does. you've got a brand of sober, not mature, <laughs> then it gives you a lot of leeway that you are expected to live up to the name. And, and every once in a while, and I do, I do it every morning. I post a reading every morning that's serious. It's a recovery thing out of one of our books or every once in a while through the day when I've been laying a bunch of garbage, I'm like, I got to look up something recovery related. And I throw something in there. I've actually, people say to me and message me and like, they're like, damn dude, that was actually far more mature than I thought. Or that, that was actually, <laughs> that was kind of deep, <laughs> but you know what? It's the thing of it is like the, I didn't know that, um, I knew about the person who had passed away, you know, because his friend of, I knew Mike knew her and his friend of Mike's daughter and all that stuff. So I saw that, that she had passed, didn't know the story. I did not know we were going to talk about it and I did not know exactly what happened, but how long was that? We talked for probably shit close to the first half of the episode, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. And it was right. I mean, we had actually, we had taped the week before and I knew about it and I was like, should I talk about it? Should I? And I, I needed to give myself a little time to process things a little bit before I talked about it. But yeah, I, and I came to the conclusion that it was important. I needed to talk about it. And um, apparently I made the right decision because, you know, Oh yeah, I'm Matt's, saying did. yeah, even Matt said, you know, yeah, you listen to it. And, yeah, exactly. It's so what I remembered. I'm, right. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it is one it is one of those things there that um, I mean, sometimes we don't know um, 
you know, we, I have all these notes and, you know, throughout sometimes. The, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I have notes on, on little topics that we could talk about, you know? Um, and, but a lot of times we just pop on like, uh, the, the week that, um, Phyllis died. She was one of the founders of the Keating Center. We had um, all, I had all these different things written down on the sheet, what I thought might've been cool things. But the minute I found out she died, I'm like, well, I know what we're talking about this week. Right. And we did. Mm -hmm. And um, our mom died back in October and it was like, we waited like 24 hours and I texted Mike or talked to him, whatever. We're like, we should do this, Mm -hmm. this week's episode. Right. And he's like, fuck yeah, we're doing it. And we talked mm-hmm. about it. We did. We talked about her. The The next one was a wrap up. It was like two weeks in a row. It was all about that. But, you know, we needed to, I think it was important to, to get that shit out there. And like you said, getting together with the, with the guys, you know, with Steve and John, it's, it's mm-hmm. your opportunity to have a meeting. Mike and I had a meeting right. to be able to, this is what we do. We don't go, um, personally, he and I don't go to a therapist. We don't go to church. We don't, we don't go to group therapy or anything mm-hmm. like that. This is it. You know, it's either an AA meeting or getting together with our buddies, you know, our friends or talking here. This is our, this is our place to get shit off our chest, you know, and that's how we do yeah. it. Right. But if but, you start yeah. talking about your friend who passed away, I may not know your friend, mm-hmm. but I know people like that who have passed sure. away. Right. Everybody in the audience knows people like that. You're helping them. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder. I'm not alone. Somebody I'm listening to on my headphones has the same problem and is in pain like I was. Mm -hmm. Right. And, 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 And we're getting through it and we're getting through it sober and this is how we're doing it. And right. Yeah. Sharing our experience, strength and hope. Yep. Right. And it's, and it's funny too. So we've been doing this for a year and, what three months now, Mike? Coming up on four, something like that. And sure, yeah, end of February. Yeah, whatever it is. So three months, year and three. But um, we won't even uh, if if something happens in in our lives, whether it's good news, I mean, bad news that we end up depending on what it is. You know, it's not like we won't talk to each other, but we don't even tell each other stories anymore. I share nothing with him ever. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do it either. You know, it's like we get on here and like, hey, right. by the way, and it gives us something to talk about, but it's something relevant. Right. We talk about life shit. You know, we talk about work. We talk about, you know, our kids, we talk about grandchildren, all these different things that go on. Um, you know, we, we do it on here. We talk about podcast business. <laughs> We're like, well, we got a couple of people that did this. So we, we actually hold like these business meetings while we're on here because it's mm-hmm. nothing. We're not talking anything personal. We just fucking talk about it on here, you know? So it's been, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm a big believer in, you kind of, if you're doing podcast stuff with somebody, try not to talk too much off the air about it because it just, mm. it, it feels like you're rehearsing it. Otherwise you want to keep it fresh for when people are listening. Right. So if I have a guest yeah. on or something, I'm like, all right, we're going to stop talking because I want to keep it for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I do the, I try to do the same thing. And I, and you, if, if you, well, whether you notice or not, when you first got on, we test the volumes, we give you a little rundown and we yep. just get people on. We've had people start to tell stories like stop, let's hit the record button <laughs> because yep. absolutely, I mean, some of the, you know, Mike, Mike has done that. I've started to do that when it's just he and I, and we're like, let's, let's just record this, <laughs> you know, yep. and it is, like you said, keep it, keep it fresh. It's just a damn conversation, right? And keep mm-hmm. it honest. Right. <laughs> Learn that somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes this is therapy for me that I have to do this because I got a problem and I need people on the show to help mm-hmm. me. Oh yeah. So I'll come exactly. in vulnerable and like, I'm, I'm really pissed about this or this is really upsetting me. So help me 
fucking calm down. What do I need to do? And you as the audience, you get the beneficiary of my pain. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, that's, you know, kind of why we, why we all do this, you know, to show people how it works and that it does work. And absolutely, you know, why else are we doing this shit? Right. (laughs) Exactly. But there's uh, in, and I've been pretty open about that when it comes to sobriety stuff. I mean, I, I always ask, you know, Mike's opinion and there's been things when I've been, you know, should I do this? And we've had conversations on here. I mean, I've asked him obviously over the years too, but you know, we, we make deci- we make life decisions sometimes <laughs> when we're out here. But yeah, like he said, I never thought about it that way. But uh, yeah, literally showing people, you know, how it's done and all that stuff. So yeah, it's all, it's all been good stuff. So um, did you go to any sort of like detox, inpatient stuff, outpatient? No. Just I realized I probably should have. When I stopped drinking, it wasn't a plan to stop drinking at first. I was dry for probably a month before I realized I had a problem. And for whatever reason, every time I drove into a liquor store, I drove back out. Hmm. I realized that first week I felt like I was really anxious. I was sweaty every night. And I told my wife, I'm like, it's almost like if I didn't know better, I'm withdrawing from something. (laughs) So... I definitely had symptoms. It might have been been beneficial, but I, no, I didn't go to a detox or a rehab. Okay. Well, and and you know that's that's kind of was the was the basis of our our story. We know people, you know, who kicked on their own, you know, whether it was drugs, you know, mm-hmm. or alcohol, um, you know. But to to Mike's point, and when he was talking about that whole thing last week, before I got, and again for the life of me, I can't remember where I heard it from the doctor detox or once I got in the Keating Center, but I did not realize that you could die. Uh, you know, from alcohol. Absolutely. Us, but yeah, I didn't know it though, you know? So <laughs> part of me is like, it's very dangerous, I know, you know? And, but the, the thing of it is, is that I didn't know and so many people don't, which is that's the other layer of, you know, why that story was so important for, you know, for Mike to talk about, because, you know, people don't know. I, I'm 100%. There's no way I could have, I could have detoxed on my own without dying or seizing up or something. There's a, just no way you either, Mike. Right. I mean, as far as you can. Well, yeah, right. You know, we were, you know, point four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked. Point four. Oh, yeah, he was he was four two and I was four. Holy I was point cow. point four four. And that's uh, we were we were sitting there talking about it, kind of like bragging back and forth. It was this this almost competition. We had that episode a couple of weeks ago. And Mike's like, let's put it this way. We both should have been fucking dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which, yes. Yeah, which is which is true. But yeah. So but to Mike's point, what he said at the beginning of this episode is that, um, you know, he's been, you know, deeper and darker places than I have, but we literally, and I mean, literally not only being in the Keating center, but where we ended up with our alcohol intake, um, we ended up at the exact same place at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's mind blowing, you know, but, um, yeah, I was just curious because the, at the time, you know, I don't know, my family was trying to figure out what to do with me. And it inpatient, outpatient, IOP, whatever the deal is, all these different things. Detox was a given, um, you know, but looking back at it, I don't know. Uh, well, I know I couldn't have done without detox, but I don't know if I could have just, you know, been back in society. My, I'm 90, how many, how many percent you want to go, Mike? 95% sure <laughs> that I wouldn't have stayed. Yeah, well, I'll go 98. Okay, 90, let's go 98. See, I'll, I'll let you rule on that one. 98% sure that I wouldn't have stayed sober had it not been for the path that I took. Um, but I know, we know some people that didn't, 
Um, so Chris, and I'm not going to say his last name, but Chris W. Mike, um, he, the one right. that helped out at the Keating Center all the time, he did not yeah. go through the Keating Center, but has always helped out, right? Did mm -hmm. he do more of an outpatient type of thing? I don't remember. I mean, he was just that first example that came into my head, maybe. Right, right. Well, um, yeah, remember, uh, there was a, actually, there was a guy that was in the Keating Center with us briefly um, who left after, like, three weeks maybe he ended up going to alaska and getting on a fishing boat uh, he's still sober today i you know what you know? i remember the story yeah. okay yeah i remember the dude i mean i yeah. remember i run into him once in a really? while huh yeah. yeah 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 he's still sober still doing the thing does meetings and whatever but yeah you know he said look i, I this isn't for me i need to go live my life you know just do it sober and keep working the program and he did right not me. I, I needed to be immersed in it. I needed, you know, you talked about 90 meetings in 90 days. We did what we did, uh, uh, eight meetings a week mm -hmm. for, yeah, for the first 90 days. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, <sighs> yes, meetings are important, especially in early sobriety, but meetings are not going to keep you sober because no. I went to meetings for a long time. Um, you know, my first rodeos and I didn't work the program. I was in meetings all the time, but you know, I would go and I, hell, I'd get drunk and go to a meeting, um, <laughs> you know, because I didn't work the program. Um, I, that's what keeps you sober is working the steps again. Yeah, I, I look at meetings as a way of learning the program and also to get a mm -hmm. crew who right. has your back and that you can teach other people when it comes mm -hmm. later on. When I go to meetings, right. I don't go to meetings because I'm, jonesing for a beer. I right. go to meetings because I get something out of being there in case somebody new is there so mm -hmm. I can teach them how to do this well so they can have good sobriety, so I can be a good influence. Right, the absolutely. The program isn't, I, I don't want to talk like a big book thumper, but the program is in the book. Right. That's, and, and you need to go to, a, I mean, I guess theoretically you could work the program and never go to a meeting if you read the book, mm. but you need help. That's dense stuff. Right. And people at a meeting will help you work the program. But right. a meeting is not an end all. Mm -mm. It's again, not. what's our purpose for being in this meeting? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, um, I've talked about it. I, I go to one meeting a week now. It's my home group and I go there to be of service. I'm an yeah. active member of my home group. I go there to keep the doors open. You know, I don't need to go there and listen to another guy give us drunk a log. I don't need that. <laughs> you know, thankfully. You know, there was a point early in sobriety where I did need to go listen to a guy give his drunk log. Um, I don't today. I need to go there to keep the doors open. And mm -hmm. that helps keep me sober. And hopefully somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That, that's kind of where I am, too. When right. I go to my home group, it's I'm of service there. And I share because I want to be a good example to somebody else. And there were new mm -hmm. people last week. Right. There were It was Memorial Day. There were new people. And I didn't want to go, but I'm like, well, a new person might show up. But how likely is that? There are two new people there. <laughs> right. Right. So you're saying you didn't have the answers. You didn't want to do it. You went and did it anyway, and it yep. worked out for the best. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> And that. I felt better. <laughs> so the, the other thing, Matt, that uh, and you actually say it, you're opening about um, being anonymous. And I, you, I know you talked about anonymity and that sort of thing before Mike and I have talked about it openly, but uh, that was kind of one of the other things that as just as we were it popped into my head, uh, you know, to ask you about that. 
So what's your opinion on the whole anonymity thing, you versus, well, either way, what's your opinion on the whole anonymity thing? If so, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Anonymous People. Uh, I don't think so. I would highly recommend it. It would be a great podcast topic watching it. So this came out about 10 years ago, and it was about, do we need to be anonymous? And what are the ways that we harm ourselves in being anonymous? Because we don't have a lobby group. If you look at other special interest groups, they have a way of advocating for themselves that we don't. And there have been periods of time where that changed. In the 70s, there were a lot of celebrities out there, like uh, Jason Robards and Bob Welch. So how I learned who alco what alcoholism was by seeing PSAs of Bob Welch striking out Reggie Jackson and saying, I'm an alcoholic, it's a disease, and I don't drink anymore. <laughs> uh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke in the 70s was very public, and you had these celebrities, and then it kind of went away. I say that at the beginning because I'm trying to be as good to the traditions as possible. Mm -hmm. I also have a firm belief that if you can be out there in public and you're showing that you're a responsible person and a role model of this is how sobriety can look for you, mm -hmm. you're going to attract some people who may want to give up alcohol and you got to, you got to walk a fine line, but you do need role models out there. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people on Instagram are really helpful because that may be the only way that you're touching somebody who has a problem and is afraid to go somewhere and is afraid of an AA meeting. Right. And if you're doing a podcast and you really want to promote it and be successful, it's kind of hard to have a promotion policy of attraction, not promotion. <laughs> so you kind of are forced to put yourself out there. Right. right. So I'm, I'm anonymous to the point of, I don't want to break somebody else's anonymity. Yep. And I don't want to be out there and then you can connect the dots of somebody else. But to the point, I really don't care whether people know or not. Right. There's times I may not advertise it, but I'll never hide it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, right. I'm the same way. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I don't walk around, you know, <laughs> with a big AA t-shirt on or anything. Um, but I do have a, uh, circle triangle on my car. You know, right. I, I also have a hail Satan sticker on my car. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've actually been stopped in parking lots. Is that an AA sticker? Yeah. Is that a, Yeah. Yeah, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and I go, and the Satan thing is just, you know, it's all made up, so it's fine. You know, I'm an atheist, so it's okay. <laughs> I try to be careful of not to speak for AA, that I talk mm -hmm. about my recovery, my sobriety. Right. I go to a 12-step group. I may explain that I do go to AA meetings, mm -hmm. but I try not to talk from being a spokesman to AA. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. AA is yeah. just a part of how I keep sober, and that's the... That's mm -hmm. the thread that I put through the needle a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, there is something to be said of we've got to stop hiding and we've got to come forward to show that we're responsible people, that mm -hmm. we're better, and that sobriety can be a great way of life. And the other things that cause us to drink those defects are also in our brain that cause us to be amazing people at work and to be driven and to be compassionate. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we're moving in with social media that the toothpaste is out of the tube. There's a lot of people. And I think for the most part, this is a much more this is a much more open society than it's ever been for something like this to the point that companies are realizing they can make money off of us. Sober (laughs) bars, non-alcoholic drinks, not to the point of O'Doul's, but I mean, it's not for me. I, if I'm not going to get high from this stuff, I I don't want, I don't want blanks. We don't either. Right. But it works for some people that there's good quality stuff out there that Mm -hmm. cater to a sober community. Once you reach that tipping point, it's like we won. This yeah. is a good thing. Mm-hmm. People right rec- when we realize that they can make money off of us, that's when you realize we're in a good place and we don't have to hide in the shadows. Well, and, and with right. the whole anonymity thing, and uh, Mike is Mike is personally open on Facebook and all those sort of things. I'm not. Uh, you won't see my my first and last name on anything with Instagram. Uh, nothing on our Facebook page. I mean, like I said in the one episode, though, our fucking faces are everywhere. Um, but surprise, surprisingly <laughs> enough, even with all this, you know, face recognition software and shit like that, um, I it it's never been our sober not mature page has never been recommended to me on my regular Facebook page, which you would think might happen every once in a while, um, but. The, the thing of it is I, I started on Instagram so I could start to be open because based on my, the, the industry that I'm in, at least for the moment and things like that, uh, I know a lot of people I'm visible. I've got a very unique last name. I'm not unique. Let me, let me just make that really clear. My name is though. Right. Um, so it's, not a lot of us, you know, with the, with the last name. So there's a lot of reasons that I, that I didn't do that, but I, I may get to that point at some point where I, I don't give a shit anymore, you know, and it, it might be closer than I even think. But the whole point is, is that Instagram has given us an opportunity. This has given us an opportunity. Um, and, and the whole point is that we get to talk about some stuff. And I've been also really careful and Mike too, we're careful on whose story we tell. And I don't necessarily mean even from an AA standpoint, but our family, our kids, that sort of thing. We'll tell our side, but not theirs. And, you know, we don't, right. we're, we've said right from the start and we had a conversation. Shit, Mike, was that in the, probably the first 10 or 15 episodes? Cause I'm listening to these podcasts mm-hmm. that have all these disclosures that, you know, we're not member of AA and this and that. I'm like, I don't want to get to the point where we have to, you know, give, give warnings that, of what we're not. I just want, and both of us agreed, we just want to be who we want to be. And we could do that as long as we're not carrying around and represent we're not representing AA. We just happen to use that as our path, yeah. you know, and as our right. as our vehicle. Um, you know, we we follow the steps. We live by the steps. We're we're not spokespeople for it. And we never come across that way. And the biggest thing with anonymity is and I think that's kind of what you were getting at, Matt, is that it's the biggest part about it, what people misunderstand is I can talk about myself. Mike can talk about himself. You can talk about yourself all you want. You just can't blow me up. You can't blow Mike up. You can't blow your friends up. Right. That's the point. Breaking anonymity doesn't mean your own. And people that give other people shit for being on social media um, and talking about their sobriety, saying they're breaking anonymity, that's not true. Uh, but I can also see the point of, you know, these these folks that are around your coattails, you know, not that they're riding on them, but they're they're riding along with you. And it's like, well, if he's sober, he must be, you know. Um, so that, right. that's a fine line, but we don't shit. We don't run across that very often. I suppose people probably think out of anything because our sister goes to founder's day. Um, some people probably think she's sober and she's not, she's a fucking normie, 
you know, <laughs> but right. it, it doesn't affect her. She's not harmed by it, you know? So I think most people would look at it and say, Oh, that person they're sober. Oh, that's cool. Right. I think that's kind of the reaction now with most people. Right. And yeah. I tell, like I go to the doctor and, and I love that test when they say, you know, how much do you smoke? How much <laughs> do you drink? I don't, I'm sober. I've been sober for nine years. That's really neat. That's great. That's usually the reaction from most people who are yeah. normal, unless they have a problem. Like you can do that. How, how do you get through a rough right. day? Right. Like, you got a problem, dude. Right. Well, let me, let me tell you about it. <laughs> right. And again, being open about it allows yeah. you to be there for people that might need your help. That's you know, exactly because, why. Yeah, that's it. That's all, you know. Yeah, I I don't like Bill said. You know, once a year we sit there and we brag. Yeah, we're sober, and that's our anniversary. You know, the rest of the time, yes, I'm sober, but I'm just you know I'm just getting through life like everybody else. You know, thankfully I have a way to do it now because my wiring doesn't allow me to do it. <laughs> I like to say I got a cookbook and a recipe that I know how to repeat, and that's how I can be. A good boy, right? Yep. Well, it's it's funny, and I That's and I know I've asked my son before, and I'm sure I probably asked my daughter at at some point. Whatever, it's in general conversation. I'm like, you know, this like a friend or whatever. I'm like, do they know that I don't drink? And he's like, yeah. You know, I said, do they know why? And he's like, yeah, they know. And I'm like, oh, I said, is that ever, mm-hmm. is that ever been? And I think I asked my son once or twice. I'm like, is that is that weird for you to let people know that? And he's like, he's like, fuck, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, okay, because. Nobody gives a I know, crap. But you, but you know right. how it is. Well, <laughs> we're stuck in our heads. When my dad was was sober, you know, I mean, he got sober in 1981. You know, and like you said, uh, you were talking about Matt that today is a different day and time. I mean, it's more open. People are doing it. People are. It's we as people, sober people, I think are more accepted now in a positive light than we were 40 years ago. You know, um, but. It was it was always a little weird. I I don't remember sitting down with my friends and having a conversation and saying my dad dad was an alcoholic. You know, it just didn't come up in conversation. It was just those those things that didn't happen. I wasn't really. It wasn't that I was embarrassed to him. It was just like I probably didn't know enough about it to to have it just come up in general conversation. But these days, I just don't think people. I don't think people care. They're just kind of like cool. You know, and like my kids, I mean, they know I'm they know I'm a better person. <laughs> so, you know, that's that probably helps. Yeah, people are stuck in their own thoughts. People think about themselves all the time. Mm. They just I mean, I've told people and they don't even like remember. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't even make an impact. Because <laughs> right. the next time you're you're together, like, hey, let me, let me grab you a beer. No, I don't drink. Oh shit, that's right. That's right. Oh, that happens. My father-in-law does that to me all the time. <laughs> Your father-in-law. <laughs> all the time. Uh, that's that's actually funny. So what do you, and that just, maybe that brings up a better, uh, just popped into my head too. So you're at a social event um, with your wife or with a work thing, with friends, whatever it is. Somebody you don't know says, hey, do you want something to drink or can I grab you a drink? Um, what do you normally say? No, I'm good. <laughs> that's exactly what mm-hmm. I say. <laughs> Those exact words. No, thank you. I just say, I just say yep. I'm good. Or, um, you know, what kind of coffee do you have? Or what type of soda do you have? Um, I, I never, I, so many people, the reason I ask that is that I hear, 
And again, Instagram, podcasts, all these different things. People have a really hard time. People are afraid of that question because they don't know what to say, you know, and mm. they go into this long drawn out conversation about, I don't drink because of this, because of that. And if somebody really pushes and, and asks a follow-up question, doesn't even matter what it is. Um, I'll usually just, if somebody says, why don't you, oh, you don't drink, huh? Or, you know, why don't you drink? Um, rather than even being irritated by it, I'm like, eh, it's a health health choice. That shuts people up every time. People can't, people cannot <laughs> go against and be like, well, you shouldn't be doing something healthy. <laughs> they don't, they don't know why they could be thinking because I'm, I don't know that I'm trying to be, you know, like healthy as a healthy person, not because I'm going to die if I drink. <laughs> I can't right. remember the last time somebody questioned It's me. been a while for me too. Well, very, very long time. Very long time. Yeah, my my answer is always you don't have enough. <laughs> That's yeah, true as well. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, oh, it's yeah, it's honest. I mean, I'll you know, I'm literally I'll be like in a bar because I go out and you know see bands and stuff, and you know, and somebody I'll, I'll just look at the bar and go, they don't have enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you know, I, I've heard people talking about it too that you know you years ago when you'd go to wherever you're invited to something and like, Oh, bring your favorite six pack or whatever. And I'm, and I'm like, fuck six pack. <laughs> you know, like they're going to have, Case. yeah, they're going to have more than that. Right. Yeah, you know, a, and then that's somebody who belongs in Al-Anon <laughs> if they're saying, well, just bring a six pack. <laughs> right. But you know, those places where it's like, you know, it's, it's socially, I want to say expected, but you go to these, uh, our sister goes to them every once in a while. They, they go to a cookout or a barbecue or whatever. And it's just this whole group of friends will usually bring a, a six pack of whatever. And then everyone tries all these different types. Cause there's all these new different types of crap brews and all this different shit out there now. Um, but that that's part of the thing, you know, as everyone tries everyone else's, but in my mind, I'd be like, fuck, man. Okay, so everyone brings six. How am I going to get 12? How am I going to drink 20? How am I going to yeah. drink 24 of these things? <laughs> How can I steal everybody's <laughs> runaway? My favorite is like work events where they give you two drink right. tickets. Like, really? <laughs> what What do you think you're doing here? You're torturing me with two drink right. tickets. You realize oh, I- that. I remember the last um, Christmas party I went to when I was still out there. I brought a pint with me. I was in a bar. <laughs> there and, you and, go. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, I brought a pint with me, <laughs> and it still wasn't enough. <laughs> well, the the last thing that I went to, I went to a YMCA event with uh, with our sister. I've gone to two of them, and we were when we got there and we were signing in. It was this thing that uh, the the bank that she works for. They do a lot of work with YMCA, and our sister's been on the board and involved with them for years so they had one of these like charity events two of them that we went to and the last one i remember we went to um we were signing up or whatever and uh, i was walking away and the lady's like don't forget your drink tickets and i said i said can i get soda and she's like she's like soda's free she's like you can give your drink tickets to somebody else though and i'm like oh yeah i'll do that you know so i took them but you know i'm just like can i buy soda with it you know and she's like it's free I'm yeah. like, okay. So, and I did, I gave it to, I think I gave one to Kathy and I gave uh, one to one of the other people at the table or something like that. I'm like, you guys want these? I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to use them. Um, just fucking gave them away, you know, but I'm like, I really don't need them. I wasn't going to take them, you know? Yeah. That's what I did. I gave them away. I became popular at the end when we had in-person <laughs> stuff of like, who wants my drink ticket? I got two drinkets going for a dollar. Now who's got a dollar, a dollar, two dollars, two dollars. <laughs> Start auctioning off. Yeah. It's late, later at the, in the night, I'm sure somebody would probably pay a couple of bucks for those. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. 
I got two drink tickets and I'm heading to the ladies' room. <laughs> <laughs> Go make twenty bucks the hard way. Hello. That's right. <laughs> so, um, what else, man? I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the time here. We just had almost a you know an hour and a half of just shooting the shit, which is kind of what I was hoping would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, you can't plan something like this out. And you know, all the all the questions no. that came off that like I had asked you with the exception, I knew I was going to ask you about the podcast, but everything else is kind of cool. It just came up in, in general conversation. But um, what else would, do you want to share with people either? Um, Cause I mean, obviously we want people who listen to us. Um, I would highly recommend that they listen to you. Um, I've listened to you. It's uh, you, you guys have a lot of great stories. It's not all, you know, 12 step stuff, but it, it leans towards it kind of like ours does. Um, but what else? What mm-hmm. else do you want to tell people or what do you guys got going on over there coming up? Oh, I've got a whole bunch of guests that are coming on from some other shows. So we've we've had some pretty good people in the sober community. A lot of it is just kind of like just sitting around at, at in Starbucks, sitting around drinking coffee and talking about sober stuff. You should be getting in the mindset of you kind of forget you're listening to a podcast and you're just sitting with us having a conversation about stuff that people are in recovery or people who want to be in recovery do. That's kind of how we set it up conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty much exactly what we did. We, we got a couple of comments. I know at uh, one point, right, Mike, that people are like, uh, it was, uh, they feel like they're eavesdropping on a couple of guys just talking about sobriety. And I'm like, I know that was right. the greatest, that was a, I'm like, that's the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard. You know, that somebody just sitting on, in a, you know, like a fly in the wall being able to listen to us, you know, talk some shit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what it should be. But so leading up to this episode, I had, um, obviously your Instagram, uh, you know, Instagram mm-hmm. tag down there. I'll do the same thing coming up in, uh, you know, the Zalab episode clips all week. So if people, if you're, if you're listening to this and, you know, take a look either in, on whatever podcast you're listening to, you'll see, you know, obviously what um, their sober friends podcast link is in there. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, obviously listen to the podcast, join them, uh, you know, I mean, follow them, all that sort of things. It's uh, I I've gotten a lot out of your podcast and it is, it's, it's conversational. And um, quite honestly, I've stolen a lot of your ideas and we've talked about them on here. <laughs> Steal with pride. There are no original ideas. Exactly. I do the same How thing. How many times have we said that, Mike? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There's been, I think I actually, I, I probably have one or two written on my sheet that, uh, that I've gotten from yours and just, these and that's the thing i'll be just listening to these and um these random conversations come up and i'm like that would be a good thing so i just write it down and you know we ended up end up talking about them in some cases there's been times i mean i'll specifically say where i where i took it from you know and and where i got it Mm -hmm. from and stuff like that so but i I do the same if i lift it i I say this is where i got it from i heard so and so from this podcast talking about this and it really connected. Well, and I mean, really we're, mm-hmm. we're all in this together. And that's the, the one thing when, uh, when we first got, I can't even remember who approached this first about either coming on our podcast or we we've appeared on two, um, podcasts already. And my first thought was why would somebody else, it just seemed weird. Kind of like, why do you want to have the competition? But then I thought about, it, I'm like, we're all in the same thing. You know, there's, like you said, there's a million podcasts out there and we're all doing the same thing. Yes. We're all trying, trying to grab onto the same people, not necessarily from an audience standpoint, but hopefully to pass along some information. And hey, if somebody happens to listen to our it's stuff. It's not like radio <laughs> where you have one, sh- only one show can be on the station between two right. and six. Mm-hmm. You can listen to this one and then you might need another podcast when this show mm-hmm. is over. Right. 
or six. I listen to I it, it is it is hard for me to get to all the podcasts that I listen to. There's plenty oh, yeah. of room in oh, rotation yeah. for lots of different flavors of sobriety and whatever you're interested in, because there are times that I gotta check out and I gotta listen to my wrestling nostalgia podcast <laughs> or right. some politics or mm-hmm. just something to laugh and you know get out of right. my own head. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we have to lift lift each other up. I think all the sober podcasters, we're not in competition. We have to find ways of the tide lifts all of our boats if we mm-hmm. stick together. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this has been, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate you, you know, first of all, obviously reaching out uh, way back when, whenever the hell it was, because I, I sure as hell can't remember now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Matt. I mean, it's been, it's been great. It's been a good conversation. So oh, it's yeah. been my pleasure. And have you, have you ever listened to, the end of our episode or no i didn't okay. get that well you're far. you're about to <laughs> i always ask that question because uh it's it's funny how many people have listened to us and don't listen to the end so um it's it's time for you and i matt to quiet down and then mike's gonna mike's gonna get us out of here okay sounds good cool all right well thank you everyone for listening to another episode of sober not mature we want to thank matt for coming on if you dig what you listen to here listen to the sober friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts at um and if you liked what you heard here give us a like subscribe rate us all that happy crap let's push this little stuff along so we can help other people and as always be kind to each other be good to each other do something nice for somebody else this week and now it is time kids it is time for you to fuck off then keep fucking (laughs) off Keep fucking off until you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over that gate. Dream the impossible dream and keep fucking off forever. (laughs) Clearly you haven't heard that before, Matt. (laughs) That was the... That was the best reaction me. we've gotten from anyone. Usually we'll hear like little giggles in the background, but yeah, we got, I, I think you almost threw Mike off a little bit. We got a full on guffaw. Yeah, full on guffaw. <laughs> so, so the short story that in this might've been an, even an episode like <clears throat> four or five, we were trying to figure out, you know, again, a way to like air quotes, sign off of our episode. And Mike's like, the only thing I can think about is telling people to fuck off, you know? <laughs> and so we did that. Yeah, Go we did that God. for the longest time. And then our, our sister found that that was a meme uh, that she sent to both of us. So um, shit, again, now six months, I think, Mike, at least that we've been using that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at and uh, we get we yep. get people now on Instagram messages. People have left us reviews. Um, they, they sent messages to me, say, here, share this with Mike and tell him to fuck off. And um it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. People people now do it. They tell us to fuck off and keep fucking off all the time. Now it's great. And we <laughs> it's love fucking it. funny. <laughs> hey, found your gimmick. Hulk Hogan had his leg drop. You tell people <laughs> right. to fuck off. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, people people seem to enjoy it. So it's all good stuff. But but seriously, Matt, thank you. Uh, we truly appreciate you coming on. Um, seriously, it's uh, it's been a great time. Oh, Mike, my pleasure. Mike, I love awesome. you, brother, and I know I will talk to you soon. And uh both of you guys. I love yeah, you. Both of you guys have a good night and goodbye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, sobernotmature.com. 
Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.